Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Um, yeah, look, pre- pretty good. Um, bit disappointed I actually managed to sleep through my alarm and missed the <laughs> missed the win, but um, I watched it today. It was, it was pretty, pretty good, pretty good performance, I thought. Yeah, never in doubt um, when we're away from home. It's bizarre, the record that we're on at the moment, winning all our away games, uh, losing all our home games. I saw the suggestion that we should... Um, set up in the away lockers for the next um the next home game maybe you know get the bus into the stadium and everything like that just treat it you know stay, maybe stay at a hotel the night before as well uh very very strange um yeah, yeah good good did, did, did Shota even suggest we wear the away shirts at next for our next home <laughs> game i think he did oh that'd be great some comment just, like that yeah something yeah, about changing something. the shirts he said and i was like hey. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do something like that. You just gotta change it up, see what see what works. But um, no, look, good win, good performance from um, from City on the weekend against Middlesbrough. First win, and I think it was thirty two years or something like that in the league up there, which was um, I I sort of lost track of that as a record, but um, it's a pretty impressive one. Yeah, they did say something crazy like that in the call since the eighty seven or something season, which is wild. Um, not the I think we won there in the in our league in our FA Cup run, but yeah, that's right. Obviously, that's not the league, but um, yeah, look, good. I really good, um, really good game. I thought, like, I think we made sort of a bit of a reference to it in the last last week's pod about sort of you know setting up similar to how we went at you know defeated Bournemouth, um, you know, setting up fairly defensively and sort of trying to play on the counter and just you know absorb some pressure, tire them out, and um, then come at them later. Um, which sort of seemed to work. I think a bit fortuitous with, I think they had a fairly early injury to one of their centre backs, which um, forced their, you know, forced their subs um, a little bit and obviously changed uh, Wilder's plans, you would imagine. But uh, I think overall, like, yeah, just just a, a really solid performance. Um, trying to think of my, yeah. was trying to think of my three-two-one and like, oh, <laughs> it's I've a tough one. A, I, I, I think I've got a surprise name, a surprising name, one that hasn't been mentioned much this season. Yeah, yet, so be good. Um, well, we've actually just got Logan, who's joined us as well. So I bring Logan in now. Um, Logan, how are you? I'm well. Evening, lads. Uh, good to be here, and um, what a what a time to celebrate! Hey, a huge result um, away at the Riverside, and um, I guess that's probably assurance for uh, the next season. Now we can stop crunching numbers and uh, get the get the sandals and head off to the beach. Yeah, that's right. I think uh, I think mathematically we just need Barnsley to lose one more game for the season. And I think, you know, if we're talking statistically, I think it's a pretty much a, you know, 99, 100% chance that that happens. But, hey, yeah, Logan, what did you think of the game? I mean, we had um, Alaya came in to start for Eves, was the only change. Um, and Dan and I were talking just before the episode started about um, Saeed Manish's form in the game, um, his performance Seemed pretty good up top for us um, and all around the boys looked pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was one of those interesting games where, like, obviously away to Middlesbrough, we knew that it was going to be tough, particularly with where they're sitting. But um, it was just that really kind of dogged performance. I, I don't think we were great with possession, but um, I thought we broke up the play and, and defended well and we absorbed a huge amount of pressure. And 
I guess to be fair, I don't think they were um, were too great on the finishing on on the day either. Uh, but yeah, it was just one of those solid away performances, and obviously the goal was um, you know fairly special. Whether it was a an error from the keeper or he kind of lost sight of the, the flight of the ball or um, you know whatever it was, I think in the end of the, at the end of the game, like it was it was a reserve. A, deserved result given the fact that you know we we kind of absorbed the the pressure when we had to and then uh, provided enough to to kind of make them second guess and obviously all it takes is one and what a finish from KLP yeah that's right um I think I saw the stat actually that Lumley's conceded his most goals against us which is a pretty remarkable one um and you think back to earlier in the season I think the first goal that we scored in that game was a really unfortunate own goal that kind of cannoned off the post into the back of his head so uh, he, he's had a habit of conceding uh, less than spectacular goals against us, I would say, uh, and that trend certainly continued in this game. Um, you, you mentioned there about the shots as well. I mean, we were looking at the stats before before we went to air, and I think it was five shots on target for Barra against three from us. So um, you think for all their possession and all their so-called dominance in the game, it was actually remarkably close in terms of actual clear-cut chances created. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that just speaks into it. Like we haven't, uh, we haven't really seen enough from Schotter to kind of, you know, maybe get his stamp on the type of football that, that he wants to play. And I think that's because he's still kind of dealing with a, a mix and match squad. And I think he's still adjusting to the championship himself. So, I mean, it was a very city-like performance uh, from a, from a manager who we're still trying to figure out. So, um, you know, fair play. It was it was a great result, and uh, as I said, the, the importance of it can't be um, underestimated. And what do you reckon, Logan Dam was saying just before? I think Shotter had the suggestion that maybe we we wear the away shirts in the next game at home, just to uh, <laughs> try something different. <laughs> if it's uh, if it's not broken, don't fix it. I reckon if uh, that's the jersey we're getting success with, we might as well keep it. I, I do yeah, remember right. that uh, on one of the flashback episodes, Alex. There's that away jersey that. Uh, we're talking about, and I think it was 12 or 13 unbeaten games uh, yeah. in the season where I think we finished like mid-table. Uh, it was truly remarkable. So you might be onto something. <laughs> yeah. um, and now, Dan, you were saying just before um, a player that not many people would talk about. I suspect you're, you're referring to the man up top. Uh, what did you make of Saeed Manesh's game? It's not who I was thinking of. No, but, it's not. Um, there you go. No. <laughs> um, uh, different, different players in my head for one who performed uh, really well. Um but and one that's not been getting a lot of plaudits lately. But in terms of Saad Manesh, I thought overall, I thought he did really well, um, did his best to, to get himself about, to get involved in the play, dropped deep a few times, um, heard afterwards that um, Dino was criti- critical of, of those decisions of Saad Manesh's to, to drop deep, saying that he needs to stay higher and leave himself as an option. But I think like the first... It's only two or three times, I think, throughout the game that he dropped really, really deep. And on in the first five minutes, he was on the edge of our 18-yard box, poking a ball away from, might have been McGree or someone who was about to take a shot from um, on goal. So I think he did really well, um, involved in a couple of really nice plays. The one that set Honeyman through on goal, um, where he chipped the keeper yeah. and then they cleared it off the line. So, um, you know, I think won a few good free kicks as well with his, um, with his trickery, less less uh, getting involved in the wrestle like that Eves does and more just being able to sort of outwit and outmaneuver perhaps his, his defenders a little bit. So um, I thought overall like a really strong um, performance and exactly what I was hoping sort of we would see with that first start, the start that we've been sort of calling for for a few weeks. Um, 
thought he I thought he really did stand up and, and deliver a really strong performance overall. And I think you sort of talked touched on it off air. If if we can get in a game where we are going to be more dominant and more attacking, then um, even he'll you know get even more opportunities to to show what he's capable of. Yeah, no doubt at all. Um, I actually forgotten that McGree was going to be lining up for Borough, um, so I was a bit surprised at the start of the game. I'd completely forgotten he'd moved there. It's sort of gone a little bit quiet in terms of his form up there, I, I think, in terms of I don't think he's scoring a whole lot of goals. But, yeah, so it was a bit surprising seeing him in the starting lineup, which was a bit fun. Um, I wonder if he and Elder caught up after the game uh, as a couple of Aussies up there. Um, Logan, I might go to you first of all for your 3-2-1 for the game, um, and then I'll go to Dan. Yeah, look, I... I... I always feel like there's a clouded judgment in a in a one nil game because the the strike from KLP was you know the ultimately the defining moment of the game. So I've given him the three three points. Um, I, was, I was kind of wrestling with this one. I, I thought Slater was really good, and it probably alludes to the type of game, like just the how defensively we we kind of broke up the play really well, despite being fairly wasteful in possession. And then um, the last one that I had that I thought was was pretty uh, decent was Fleming as well. I know that he probably wasn't, um, you know, I, I'm sneaking him in there for a, a punter's point. I don't think he was amazing, but I think that he definitely um, played his role. And he's just been, you know, we've talked about him uh, frequently in recent times about the performances that he's putting in. And I thought uh, weekend was just a, another example of that. Yeah, no doubt. He's ha- having a terrific season. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see sort of going into next season, what we do um, with the sort of the Fleming elder situation down back, because they're both quite capable left backs. Um, Dan, yours? I um, was thoroughly impressed with, with Saad Manesh's uh, first start. So I've given him the three points, even though he didn't score and didn't do maybe some of the things that you would expect a striker to do, but I thought he was involved enough and got himself about and showed plenty that I think he actually is a viable, you know, he's actually competing with Eves for starting in the next game. I honestly think they're, they're fairly comparable now. Um, and, you know, Sardinish has, you know, footwork on his side and some other bonuses that maybe put him ahead. Uh, for two, I've gone KLP, same sort of deal. The goal is, was the defining moment realistically. Um, you, you could almost throw Honeyman into that equation for those for with that goal because I think it's his run that I think blindsides Lumley a little bit. I think he's concerned that Honeyman's coming in to get a touch, but doesn't. Um, anyway, side note because unfortunately I didn't give a point to Honeyman either. Um, he's missed out completely. I've gone for Alfie Jones as my oh, one yeah. point. I thought he played a sensational game. I thought he'd get there's one there's one moment where I thought he got caught out of position. He slipped or something, but I thought overall. He was really good, made really good options, was trying to give uh, like give good passes. And um, a few there's a few times with the other centre backs where I was watching McLaughlin and, and Greaves and all that it, they would receive the ball and then instead of playing it, you know, out to Jones or out to the other side to get out of trouble, they were then playing it back into that same channel. So that's that that disappointed me a little bit, but John, Alfie Jones just seemed to have a really good game, and and one I think he has sort of just been slipping under the radar lately. Probably over the last four months, it's been all about Greaves and McLaughlin alternating between having really good games, and Jones has just sort of since he's come in for um, Bernard, just sort of just trickling along, doing his thing, never doing anything you know sensationally bad or sensationally good. But I thought he had a really really strong performance against Borough. Yeah, no doubt. I think our defence is actually almost becoming underrated. I mean, we, we talk about it a lot, but even then, I think 
the fact that we've conceded as few goals as we have, considering where we are on the table, you just have to think if we improve that front third of the, of the team, it actually transforms us quite quickly into a much more competitive side because you're right, like our entire defence are all, you know, we talked about, Fle- you know, Logan's talked about Fleming, you've talked about Jones, um, are, are, are in ter- terrific form um, and really showing a lot of potential. Um, I, I've gone reasonably similar. I've gone Lewis Potter for the three votes as well, um, scoring that decisive goal. I actually, I've, I've changed my two votes sort of last minute while I was thinking about it. I've actually gone Ingram for the two votes. I think he was really immense in goal again. Um, there was a few chances that were only sort of half chances where you think, you know, yes, he made him look quite comfortable. There was that deflected shot, things like that, where you think they could have been problematic. They could have caused us issues, but he just looked really calm and, and collected in goal. Um, and, and he's in terrific form as well. Um, and then I've gone, yeah, Slater for the one vote. I thought he was really terrific in midfield. Um, it's interesting. I mean, we sort of alluded to it last week, Dan. We haven't really talked about George Honeyman too much, which is mm. maybe a credit to Smallwood and Slater's roles in that midfield. Maybe a slide on Honeyman. I'm not sure which it is. Because I still think Honeyman's having a, a pretty reasonable season. And as you said, I mean, he had that chance cleared off the line. He made that run to sort of deceive the keeper for Lewis Potter's shot. Um, so it's not as if he's performing poorly. He's just not the standout that he was last season, I don't think. Yeah, and I think you probably make a fair comment there that it's possibly the players around that are starting to step up a little bit more. I think you've mentioned Smallwood, and that's another player who was fairly good against Borough and could have probably got points you know, from, from myself as well. But um, I think maybe it's just that there's less less of that uh, pressure on his own shoulders to to be the one to create, to perform, to to do something. Now that everyone else is sort of is lifting, um, and we seem to have the right, almost the right balance. I think you sort of still like some improvement in the final third would be good, but I think overall, there's um, the the defense seems to have it sorted. We have a a really nice that midfield trio of of Slater, Smallwood, and Honeyman seems to be re- working really well. Um, KLP and Longman are, are doing their thing on out wide, and it's just sort of finding at number nine who's going to bang in a few goals, and all of a sudden we are a very dangerous, very dangerous team. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and speaking of improving the final third, maybe that's a good segue to our, our next topic, which is um, a few off-field rumors or transfer rumors, I should say, you know, off-season rumors. Um, a name that got linked to us almost as soon as Arjun took over the club uh, as a name that's resurfaced and been linked again, and that's one Mesut Ozil, um, you know, the player who many of us kind of didn't even realise was playing in that 2014 FA Cup final until he picked up his winner's medal at the end. He was, you know, a bit of a non-entity in that game is my key memory of him, um, as well as kind of going up to the cameras afterwards and saying, yeah, Gunners, yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, didn't really do too much. But... Um, yeah, been, been, been linked with a free transfer to City. Um, I think he's at Fenerbahce at the moment and there's a bit of talk that he might try and, or they might try and um, terminate his contract and he'd be, a, you know, sort of a free agent able to move to City. Um, I think the, the the articles that I saw are sort of saying he's weighing up moves between City and into Miami, um, David Beckham's uh, MLS franchise. I can imagine that that's probably a bit more of an attractive proposition. Um but I guess, Logan, I mean, the key question is actually in all of this, would we actually want him at the club? I mean, he's a very high pedigree player, highly regarded player. He is that sort of, you know, dangerous age range where he's probably going to command a high wage and maybe not give a whole lot on the pitch. So is it actually a transfer that we'd want to do? 
Yeah, it feels like one of those uh, kind of FIFA bargains when uh, you know you're looking on the the free agents and you see like the top name of of recognition, and so you just kind of place a bid anyway. And I feel like that's very much the feel. Like, I'm not too sure about the rumours, uh, given that clearly it's just his relationship with the you know with the club owner that has has probably got him linked. Uh, I don't think he's expressed any desire to kind of you know leave leave Fenerbahce to uh, to. You know, head to the, the East Riding of Yorkshire. But, you know, like, I guess it's, it is one of those things that when you consider, like, if if they are willing to to release a, a player of, of that calibre or that pedigree, um, you know, there's at that stage in his career, then there's always a possibility that could happen. I, I suspect that, yeah, into Miami East, if that's the other club that, that they're also linking into, you would suggest that um, the kind of the fit of, going across to the, the MLS probably makes a lot more sense at, at that stage than, uh, you know, heading towards the championship where you know that it's a it's a dog-eat-dog kind of week-in, week-out league. Um, doesn't seem to make as much sense. But, you know, I, I take it with a grain of salt. And if if he were to be announced, um, it would be a very interesting signing for uh, for, for this stage of the journey in, in a City fan's life. Yeah, and I think as you said there and touched on, on on the perfect point about the fact that the championship is such a competitive league, Dan. I mean, Özil just doesn't strike me as he's, he's he's sort of that luxury player. You know, if you're maybe if you're a Fulham, if you're if you're going to walk the league this season and you're just going to bang in 150 goals for the season or whatever, they're going to end up scoring. That's the sort of club that you would have a Mesut Özil at because you're going to be winning every week, and he's just laying off assists for Alexander Mitrovic, but. I think given it given our stage of development doesn't seem as if we're going to suddenly transform into a you know 100 point romp the the championship to the you know to promotion next season. Um look probably not but yeah <laughs> depends I mean it really depends on what strikers we sign for next season who knows. Maybe True. maybe you know Ilijali gets out the checkbook and you know we Nab hey, uh, I, Lewandowski I heard, before he goes to Barca. I was just about to say, I heard he's available, <laughs> so maybe maybe we get out a cheeky offer, yeah. Um, no, look, I think in all reality, uh, it's sort of... The, the weird comparison that this reminds me of is the dumb uh, Usain Bolt to the Central Coast Mariners <laughs> thing. The, like, just a big publicity thing. Like, big yeah. recognisable name to a, to a club that, do, that doesn't really have any right being involved in it. Um, I don't really think he'd be a valuable addition uh, to the squad in any meaningful way. I think like, sure, he's got the experience and he's got the talent, but I think like the thing is being accused of basically being a lazy player for a lot of his career. And I don't think that's going to help us, as you mentioned, especially in the championship, but just in general, when we're trying to then reestablish ourselves as a club, uh, as a big club moving forward. So I think also there was a thing. Ilijal has basically come out and put water on those uh, oh, okay. rumors straight away. He basically said, "Like, there's nothing in it. Uh, Mesut's happy in Turkey. He wants to stay in Turkey. This is all just because we're good friends or something." Rah, rah, yeah. rah. So whether that's you know, I mean, he's a freaking marketing you know guru personality. So it's whether it's true, whether this oh, is truth or, or yeah. tactics. That's um, right. Who knows? But. Because what would be better than denying, 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 and then unveiling Mesut Ozil yeah. like one day yeah. or something like that would be fairly, um, fairly big news if you managed to to keep it quiet and deflect all the attention away. But yeah, I'd, I don't think it would be a good. I think it would probably cost us more than it would really realistically be worth. 
Yeah, the uh, the German midfielder I actually wouldn't mind us signing, uh, who came out uh, actually talking about us a few days ago, is uh, Ilkay Gundogan, who said that I think uh, Azun had reached out to him with an invitation to come and watch a game, uh, and they'd had a cup game on at the same time, so he hadn't been able to do it. And he said, "Oh, I'd love to get along and watch a few of the games next season because they're a really interesting club." And I was like, "You know, if you want to give throw him a kit, and he can just come out and and run around for a few games as well if he wants to." Uh, he'd certainly be one that I wouldn't mind adding to the club. Um, the other bit of news off-field uh, at the moment is um, the result of Ajun's Q&A session with fans recently, where I believe we've finally gotten wind of the uh, you know unprecedented, never heard before, you know, sort of revolutionary marketing sales pitch that Ajun has put to the fans, which is that he's going to take 500 city supporters on an all-expenses-paid trip to Turkey. I, I don't know if it's in this off-season or if it's sort of I think we were saying is it is it after next season to see who who actually attends the most games or something like that. Um, uh, Logan, what, what what do you make of it? <laughs> I think it looks sounds like the uh, the Tigers down under are heading on tour, lads. I think. Well, that's that's, that's right. <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. But um, look, I I think it's really interesting. I like the idea of um, you know he, he came across as this very kind of charismatic show business kind of you know Turkish uh, showbiz mogul. And to, to just hear like the ideas that he has and the crazy, you know, um, plan to, to have 500 people go on an all expenses paid trip. I just, I like how absurd it is. It just, it yeah. feels like a, a, a just, I, I, it's like a, he's got a dartboard with random ideas and, you know, the dart ran straight and landed on this one. And I think what it shows is, is his actual ability to, to genuinely care for the fans and think what, what can I do? Like it, it almost shows like he's extending the arm or the extending the olive branch and, and recognises that it's probably a hurt fan base as far as what they've you know been through under the old regime. Um, and so, look, I like it. I think it's, I think it's really cool. I, I don't know what it would be like. I, imagine a, a holiday with 500 city fans in Turkey would be a good time, but um, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see how it eventuates and what the feedback is for the people who do go. Yeah, I wonder if it's if, if it is this off season. I wonder if it's going to sort of coincide with a, a city friendly with like a Fenerbahce or a Galatasaray, and it'll be you know five hundred you know all expenses paid trip to Turkey, and then you get to go to the game as well because it would sort of make sense to center it around a game like that to get a decent city following at that game. Um, yeah, Dan, what do you make of it? Look, I'm sort of I'm on the same page as Logan. I think like it's a fresh of breath air, like just a wild. Just some, some wild, crazy ideas, and you're just going, you know, it's just that crazy that it might just work. Um, I, yeah, in terms of like the 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 minor details and who exactly goes or whatever, I'm not I'm not 100 up to speed on that, but it, it seems like it's the whoever yeah attends the most games or something. They've got to, I guess attend X amount of games to be eligible to go into that or something. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, look, in terms of, yeah, you're looking for a way to reward people for going to the games. Um, and I don't know whether this is just an admission of, you know, that we're not going to be able to perform on the pitch next season or what. But, <laughs> um, yeah, look. Need the extra incentive, yeah. Yeah, look, it's a, I'm, I'm sort of, it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, we sort of touched on it, but you talked about how it's going to be, you know, a new adventure and a wild ride and all that sort of stuff. And I think, like, he's just proven us right, like, it's it is going to be a wild ride, and we sort of never know what he's going to come out with and what he's going to do. But I think it's more, I think this is going to be more interesting and more fun and a, a better ride than you know, like uh, having you know the chic 
mon- the billionaires at Man City that, you know, they don't seem to do anything apart from give the club money. Or, you know, Abrahamovich, who just gives Chelsea money. Like, they don't ever, there's never any, seems to be any huge, these huge announcements about wild, crazy, fun things to, they're trying to no do. No connection like, with the fans, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, and I'm, I'm all about, you know, I'm all about this, like, trying to repair, you know, and, and these, the bridges that have been burned by other people, not even by himself. Like, he's just gone, like, this is, you know, a club that is hurting. And how can I try and, you know, bring some, some fun, some enjoyment, some light back into into these into these fans' uh, experiences. So it's, I think it's it's you know it's two thumbs up from me. Fair enough. Um, all right, then let's move on to our uh, quiz question for the week. Now, Logan, we've done a new game for the last two weeks with Dan, um, which is now a Who Am I game. It's rather than naming three players or three events or whatever. Uh, we're doing a Who Am I game. So I'll give you a series of clues and you can make a guess at any at, after each clue or you can just pass for the next clue if you don't have any ideas. Um, but basically, I'll, I'll let you know the appearances and goals scored by this player in the league. Then I'll let you know the year that they joined and the year that they left if they're no longer at the club. Not going to give you the nationality this week because it makes it a bit obvious. So that, that's probably a bit of a hint. Um, and then I'll give you the position, the shirt number, if you're still still unsure. And then finally, their initials, which should sort of bring it home. Um, so the first clue for this player is, I made 119 appearances for City, scoring 24 goals. 119 appearances, 24 goals. Um, okay, so we're thinking... And to help, these players are all from pretty much the last 10 years. So don't don't think too far back. Hmm. I'm trying to think of what 119 games is in seasons. We're talking like two and a half, right? Ish. Yeah. Well, so last week it was Andy Robertson, and he made 99 league appearances for context. Wow. Okay. Um, I feel like that's pretty prolific for City as well in recent times. <laughs> it I, is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how excited I should be about saying that, but it does feel like that's uh, that's not too bad. Um. We're talking the last 10 years. Uh, yeah. Oh, this is annoying. Um, I feel like I Robert Cohen more. Well, that's not a bad guess. And, and and good logic as well on with the nationality thing as well. But so it's not Robert Corrin. Um, the next clue is I joined the club in 2017, leaving in 2020. Oh, okay. Um I'm going to kick myself if I don't know this now. Uh, um, oh, what is this? So we chatted before we went on air. We stitched you up and I, I put you your name forward for this one. Yeah, Dan didn't want to do this one. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to do three in a row. I felt I, I felt like I was going to get it wrong, but um, now you'll be right. You got this. Mm. Mm, I feel like it's going to come to me probably probably after I get told. I'm just going to kick myself. Um, I can give uh, you the next clue. The, ne- the next clue should help, I reckon. Yeah, I know. But I, yeah, the, the pride levels are, are taking. Hit, <laughs> fair fair um, enough. Yeah, look, I never went to the third clue. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, that's that's right. But uh, <laughs> 2017 goals. Um, this this isn't like a 
119 appearances. The year that he left might also be the like a like focus more on the year he left than the year he joined. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I thought about this. He's part of the part of the exodus. Um, no, you have to give me the nationality. I'm. Well, I'll give you I'll give you the position and the shirt number, and then I'll see how we go on that one. But so I played yep. I played on the wing, and I wore the number seven. I can give you the nationality if you really want it, but it, it, it will oh, give it away. Oh, this is Yeah, there you go. Uh, sorry. Well done. Well done. Yeah. No, no, that was oh, good. Yeah, it, look, it, it, it is a tough one because otherwise I would have said, you know, I would, have, I would normally say I've joined the club Poland, in 2017, left in 2020, I'm Polish, and yeah. you go, oh, there's only one player. Yeah, uh, yeah no, 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 that's that's a good pull. It's, it, it, it's a tricky one when you take away the nationality because you think, I mean, to be honest, I, th- I hear on the wing left in 2020, and I think, oh, like Bowen, but he scored too many goals. Or I also think, feel like, like I don't know. You know how these days you blame COVID for everything. I feel like yeah. there's just this black hole in in like the city years that kind of leaked when we went down to League One. Like I kind of just don't know what happened. Like I know a lot of yeah. people left in 2020, and there was a, a big fallout, and then we rebuilt. But I don't have fond over, memories of that team. Over that over that 18 years. months from like. 2019 to 2021 it's just such a blur and there's just so much turnover in that squad yeah you're right and, and let's let's also I, I mean i almost feel like it's worth mentioning too just how like ridiculous that partnership of bowen and grizicki was because as soon as oh, they yeah. left we went truly down the uh down the the gurgler but it was just a, an incredible um dynamic that you had i remember the the stat about how many assists and goals they created between them like for each other um, That's what I was yeah. going to say. Like in that clue, maybe giving his assists as well would have like yeah, should have should have done that because like Cause I reckon say, twenty four yeah. goals and that much, but I reckon he he probably pretty close to that in assists as well, wouldn't he? That's right. I was going to say. I mean, I was surprised that he only scored twenty four goals. And you remember that when he joined us in the Premier League, I don't think he scored a goal in the Premier League. He only scored his first goal in that uh, first season under Slutsky in the Championship. So he actually took a while to get going, but I guess, I guess as a winger, like a traditional winger, I guess Bowen played a bit up top as well. 24 goals over two and a half seasons isn't, isn't too bad for, um, for that sort of level. So no, pretty good. Uh, no, good, good get on that one. That, that was a tricky one. Um, all right, well, let's look ahead now. We've got two games to come this week. We sort of talked about the fact that we're pretty much safe after that win against Barra, but this would be to make it mathematical, um, either against Cardiff or, or midweek against Millwall. Um, I, don't, I can't actually remember the case last year, but Good Friday, I don't remember if we played on Good Friday last year as well. It might, maybe it's a championship thing. Um, but I don't have this memory of, you know, midnight Saturday morning as, as a game time. It's a very unique and, and interesting game time to have our game against Cardiff. Um, it's, of course, the last of the three uh, two-pound games as well. So um, hopefully a pretty decent showing in that game. It is, of course, at home, six losses in a row. Whether we can break that streak will be interesting to see. Uh, Logan, how, how, how do you feel going into this game against Cardiff? Honestly, uh, can I say that I just don't care? Um, and uh, I just, like, I say that respectfully, but after the the result at Middlesbrough, I just know now that, um, you know, it's, it's going to be fun to watch the last couple of games. And, I mean, particularly to see how Manesh, uh, you know, progresses up top and see if he can finish the season with a flurry of goals. I think that's a, a really, a really positive thing to be looking for. And um, as, as we kind of touched on the, 
the defense looks like it's really kind of solidified and you never want to see see the end of a season just one that you know kind of um peters out and, and there's not much to, to look forward to but i just feel now that the job's done and um every game feels like one of a you know pre-season friendly exhibition match style um the style of performance and I'd actually really like to see some of our, our youth league youth league players get yeah. a, um, a call up so I think it's the perfect time for for that so um look I think it'll be an interesting game um I think it probably be similar to Middlesbrough like you can throw a blanket over us and Cardiff I don't necessarily think they're impossible to beat I don't think they will have any you know fear of us but it's it's got that feel of two safe teams and um you know it'll it'll just be another fixture in the in the championship string that you know, won't probably hold too much interest. Yeah, you're uh, you're not really selling the last few episodes of this podcast for the season as uh, vital listens, but no, you are you are right, and, and we've also got Chris right here in the uh, in the chat saying time to relax and look forward to next season, and he's right as well. And it is it is a sort of thing where in preseason, if you'd said give us you know five games out from the end of the season safety and nothing to worry about, you'd bite the hand off to get that. But yeah. when you're sitting here, you do wish that you had something to still play for, whether it's top half, whether it's top six, whatever it is. Um, it does feel a bit like that where you look at the games, and you're like, what is there to actually get me excited about the games? And I think, as you said, seeing Cybernesh hopefully get a few more games up top, maybe seeing some of the youth players, maybe seeing a bit of experimentation with the side to see what players are going to be around next season is the main thing to watch for and um dan i guess i don't know like how, how do you see like w- what changes would you want to see for the lineup do you want to see basically the same 11 as the borough game <clears throat> as you sort of alluded to seeing Saeed manesh up top again getting another chance for him as well um maybe we're sort of waiting i mean i think we heard um on the contract front as well they've said they've put it off to the end of the season waiting for mathematical safety all that sort of thing do you think we just want to get that mathematical safety, get the win against Cardiff, and then we can relax, or, or how do you see it? I think um, I, th- I think we sort of do. You, you just, I mean, you do. You want to take that element of doubt as slim as that is, as you sort of touched on with Barnsley. Like they, they need to win all their games. We need to lose them all, and but and and it still would be real close anyway. I think like get a win here, make it make it certain. Um, and that would be that would be ideal. And then those contract talks can take place. That that's probably then becomes the most exciting thing about the end of the season. Never mind the foot, the games. We can start looking at what the squad looks like for next yeah. season. Um, I think yeah, probably that's, sort of. I was, I was a bit dis- I was a bit disappointed that they said they're holding off the contract talks to the end of the season. I was like, well, we've got nothing else to look forward to week to week. I'd love to see some contracts getting resigned. Mm. Um, I think as Logan touched on, like, yeah, seeing Cybernesh get a few more games, hopefully nab a couple of goals, show us what he's capable of um, in a bit of a run in the side. Maybe even seeing, because I think Williams must be real close because Shota's yep. making comments about him almost every week about how he's not quite ready or whatever. I would, I would hope that he is close to fitness and is able to make some sort of a return. I would like to see him play a little bit of football at the end of the season because it was so unfortunate. He was starting to really come good and show you know, I guess why we signed him in the, in the first place. And then, you know, that injury that has ruled him out for months and months and months. So I would like to see him come back, but I think, yeah, some youth players is a fair shout. Like we've seen at times when we've been short on the bench, you know, Josh Hines and some of those guys like stepping up and getting a bit of a run. And so I wouldn't be against, yeah, if, if we can secure that mathematical safety and we got four or five games to go, then sure, let's shot a, 
just go, well, let's see what we have within the club as a whole. Yeah. Um, I think we to be fair, I mean, some of them are some of them are out online now. I guess they are, it's the only yeah. only downside. But yeah, but I think yeah, there's even if it's like you go on, do is is Longman as a right wing back the best? Like, is that his best position? Is that the best option there? Is there you know a, a younger guy coming, someone in the youth team who could who could play who plays as a right wing back or a right back who could fill that spot and allow him to become you know a more advanced option. Just some mm. of those are the questions, um, I guess, that okay. I would... This is, this, sorry, this, this interesting comment from Chris. I think w- I might have missed this news from, from Ajun saying eight to ten new signings. I didn't know that was the number he was looking at. Oh, but yeah. it does it does start to it does start to explain the lack of movement on the contract mm. front if we were to be saying, well, we're not actually going to be re-signing that many players if we're going to bring in almost a, an entirely new 11. Um it would be harsh on on players of the ilk of. I mean, I would expect that George Honeyman's, for instance, is still going to get a new contract, but maybe a Callum Elder, maybe a Matt Eng- uh, an Ingram don't get new contracts because we're just looking at a higher quality of player. And and you think I'm trying to remember. I mean, Logan, you'd probably remember that promotion to the Premier League under um, Steve Bruce when I think it was Jack Hobbs went out to Forest, and we thought, oh, geez, that's a bit harsh. He was a standout player for us, and we replaced him with a Curtis Davies, and you think. You know, are we actually really, you know, we're making the right call here. It's it's a harsh one and football's a harsh business, but um, maybe that's the direction we're looking in. I also remember a, a period as well where uh, I think Jay Simpson had scored like five or six goals in five games and fans were screaming for him to, you know, to get a new contract. And it looked like he was turning prolific and they kind of said, like, no, nah, they waited on it. And I don't think he scored too many for the rest of the season. And um, it's, it's moments like that where you do kind of, um, you know, appreciate the people who sit in the right positions and, uh, you know, the average fan pundits aren't in the, aren't in the position with the checkbook to go making those, those business deals. So, I mean, as you said, sometimes it works for you, sometimes it doesn't, but um, yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure that eight, eight to 10 new signings, uh, it's, it's a very different summer. <laughs> yeah. If, if that's, if that's yeah. the case. Um, and, and I guess that, you know, the, the argument on the other side of that is, well, we truly get to see what shot is made of if he gets to bring in that many players um, and put his stamp and play his style. Well, I mean, fair play. Like, it'd be pretty easy to judge a manager that has that level of freedom and if they don't return the results. Yeah, that's right. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll finish talking about the games. We've got a few questions in the chat we'll get to after we finish previewing the games. But um, we've also got Millwall coming up. Um, I mean, I guess I, I'm sort of throwing the two games together because, as you say, Logan, at this stage of the season, there's not a whole lot to differentiate them. They're games that we've still got to play. Uh, we'll, we'll line up how we line up in those games. Um, I, I guess I guess the only thing I'd say that we can still look forward to this season is, for instance, we play Nottingham Forest on the last day, Millwall trying to get into the top six. We can still have that role of a spoiler. We can spoil the party for some of these sides um, trying to get into the top six, which can be a bit of fun in itself. Um mm-hmm. I guess I guess that's sort of the motivation to go out and get that win against Millwall as well. Um, but let's just talk about the two games in general. Um, confident of a win, uh, sort of 50-50, don't, don't think that there's that much riding on it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Like, like I guess I'll start with you, Dan, but, but how do you see the two games together? Um, I don't know. I'd be happy to take three points from the two games. Win one, lose one. Um, that just about secure us. Um, we'd be pretty, pretty. Com- we'd be comfortable. Yeah, I, th- I, th- um, I think a win secures us. I'm, I'm yeah, so pretty sure on the mats, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think that would probably be enough. 
Um, I mean, obviously, two wins would be great. Um, be it's always be nice to to just to finish with some wins, break you know break that home record, um, you know get get a win there. Um, but yeah, I think I, I don't know. I just I think we're playing good football at the moment, so I don't really know. It's sort of a hard one to really to judge fully. I think we'll play good football, and then we'll, whether we can find the back of the net, that's probably our biggest problem is getting the the goal over the line mm. and in the net. Yeah, and and look, Logan, I guess Dan makes a good point there that the other element for finishing this season strongly is it's a good momentum into the preseason and into next season. You'd want to be sort of finishing on a really positive note. And for a lot of these players, if we're sort of talking about the number of signings that we're talking about, for a lot of these players, there's that motivation to go out and prove that they've still got a place at the club as well. Absolutely. I think that that's, you know, exactly how they need to be approaching the game. So as I said, like from a fan perspective, because there isn't too much riding on it, uh, we probably won't read into the results. But if you're a player in dressing room, there's no way you can be thinking like that, uh, knowing that, you know, in no uncertain terms, at, at this point, many of them don't have, uh, you know, immediate futures. I mean, so, you know, if that's what they're, if that's what they're looking forward to, um, you know, playing for a contract, well, um, you know, it's, that's going to only add to the the kind of um, importance of, of the last few games, at least for them uh, individually and as a as a playing group. So, I think there's, there's still a lot to be excited about, um, in the sense that we'll probably see some really good patches of football, and you know, City winning's good no matter when it comes. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with Dan. I think three points in the next two games would be you know very successful. And then just to finish off with a, a question that I'm sure we'll be pondering a little bit over the last few weeks of the season and probably start of next season as well, or probably all through next season potentially as well. Uh, it's just on the topic of KLP. Um, do, do you see him leaving this summer? Um, I, I mean, I'm sort of of the opinion that if we've kind of, we kept him in January and I doubt we would have kept him in January just to see out this season when we were, I mean, not assured of safety at that point, but certainly not, you know, in any sort of terminal um, danger. I, I would suspect that we've kept hold of him to, to have a tilt next season with him in that side. Um, so, I, I mean, I, can't, I think Dan, we were talking before the episode about this, but I guess if we're not looking in the playoff picture come January, maybe he leaves then. But where would you guys see... I mean, maybe a better way to phrase it is what, what club do you think would be good for him to end up at? I mean, I know he's been linked to a Spurs, a Brentford, West Ham, those sorts of clubs. Which of those, I guess I'll start with you, Logan, um, which, which of those do you think is probably the best fit for him and how much do you think we'd be sort of looking at getting for him? Yeah, look, this, this one's a really interesting question. I think the reality check is that, you know, he's just been capped for the mm. um, England under 20. And I mean, an incredible achievement to, to be able to play for his country. But I think that we have the kind of the bias in watching him week in, week out for City. We kind of, we realise how good he is. And we've known that for quite some time, um, albeit him being extremely green. I just wonder if if he does go to, to one of those top top end Premier League clubs, uh, the, you know, the game time will dissolve and certainly would be surprised to see him end up uh, on the Spurs roster and find himself in the in the starting lineup, like he's definitely coming off the bench. And you just wonder if at this point in his career, that's that's the right way to go. Um, I think it would serve him really well to stay with City, given the fact that, you know, there seems to be a new vibrance around the club. We've got new signings coming in and, and Bowl reports a, a little bit of money to spend. So I just don't think that, um, you know, from his perspective, particularly being a hometown boy, that there's really any desire to, to kind of push on. 
um, and and try and make that step too quickly. I think he's he's really proud to play for for City, and I think he's excited at the the prospect of you know being a big part of their future. So, look, if he was to go, I think he'd probably he probably would end up at one of those kind of seven, eight, nine, ten area mid table Premier League teams, um, and he'd command a, a fair fee. I couldn't see us letting him go for for kind of anything. Certainly, anything less than fifteen, uh, but I could, you know, probably see that skyrocketing a little bit more, plus all the add-ons. So, look, it'd be interesting. I just, I just don't think it's something we have to worry about. I know that whenever we do have these players, like with Jared Bowen, we were he was long linked with a Premier League move, and and I think that fair play to him. He's the timing of when he went to West Ham was spot on, and and look at the player he's, you know, gone to become for them. I think KLP is probably looking at that, that as the template. And I think he'll follow um, follow suit. I think he's at, at City for a little bit longer, at least till next January. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him go beyond that, particularly if we have uh, success next season. Yeah, and I think that template of Jared Bowen that you touch on is exactly what we were talking about as well, Dan, that you look at the fact that Bowen left City having scored 55, 60 goals for us in the league in the championship and was a consistent, you know, regular goal threat for us. Um Whereas KLP, he's got seven or eight goals, I think, this season at the moment. I think uh, it was his eighth goal. Nine. Seventh goal? Nine? Nine, nine? nine goals. Um, nine. But Sorry, that's you know, you're right. Because it was, I think he scored 12 last season. And I was looking at the fact he was three off that this season. I was thinking seven to 10, but it's nine to 12. Um, he'd, he'd want to probably stick around for another season. I would say for the full season, to be honest, next year to see what he how he can go in a more competitive side in the league see what sort of goal return he can get before he considers that move to the Premier League. Because um, as Logan said, I think the the concerns about game time, the concerns about his development at one of those clubs is such that I think it's actually in his best interest to stay at City um, for at least next season um, to see how he develops. But I don't know, how, how do you see um, his prospects next season at, at potentially leaving the club? Um, I sort of, I, th- I think I'm sort of with Logan. I think I, I don't see him leaving in the summer. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. For him to have, like, that we've we've rebuffed all those offers just to secure safety, um, and then let him go. It doesn't really make any sense. Um, I do think, depending on his form in the beginning of next season, will really depend on how long he's here. I think if he starts off and he has a strong first half of next season, and he's got half a dozen goals. Um, you know, maybe closer to 10, maybe about this, but halfway through the season, because I think that's the thing. He needs to up that um, goal ratios, those goal rates to, to really become like at that level that he's ready to, to step straight up and in. But I think like you go, well, he was, he's got a potentially a good mentor and a good uh, someone to go to for advice in Bowen that, you know, it wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility. He would reach out and say, like, I'm being linked, like, how did you know like it was your it was the right time and what do you reckon like what do you reckon um but i i honestly don't think he's quite i don't think he's quite ready if he was to go like there's you know going to west ham and being with bowen would be like sensational yeah well that, but, yeah, that's what i was thinking you know, he'd, have, he'd have the mentor yeah. and he'd have all that there but but now you look at how well west ham's going and they're like yeah you, you know top top, top six, six top five sort of thing yeah yeah, Europa, Champions Leagues, they're sort of fighting it out up there. So I think that they now essentially get marked in the too big a club 
um, thing, I think it's the same. He, he could go there and it might be a good signing, but he'd also just spend a lot of time sitting on the bench. Even yeah. Bowen like spent a lot of time on the bench like to start with um, yeah. when he moved. But so I don't know. It's you sort of thinking maybe I, I think like a newly promoted club would be a bad idea. I don't think, you know, if not that they would, but like if Fulham or something was like, oh yeah, we want to buy a I don't think that would be a good move necessarily, but I, I don't know, probably in that, like somewhere who's tw- That's what I think, I think 15th or something, that sort of mid range would be like not a huge Brentford, club. But, yeah. Brentford yeah. might make sense. Brentford seems to be a good club at targeting the players that they need in the roles that they need them in um, and then developing them in the system. So I think that, yeah, that sort of bracket for club probably makes sense. Um, hey, just before we just before we wrap this up, um, just uh, just a really quick one. I mean, we've sort of already talked about Saibanesh earlier in the episode um, and his potential at the club. Um, obviously, he's just on loan at the club. We have that clause to, per- to, to bring him in on a permanent deal. Talking about the 8 to 10 signings, I suspect that a couple of those would look at being, you know, Baxter... Maybe Bernard. I mean, Bernard sort of dropped out of the picture at the moment. Um, and Saeed Manesh is probably the other one that we'd look to sign on a permanent. Um, just really quickly from each of you, I mean, um, I guess I'll start with you, Logan. Um, do you think we've seen enough from him to sign him permanently? Yeah, I do. I think that he came with a you know pretty, like it was a handsome price tag too, if the if the contract reports are what they say they are. But he did come with a, with a pretty large set of accolades as well. And um, I mean, to be fair, we haven't seen all that much of him. Um, mm. You know, he, he obviously suffered the injury. I know Tom Eves was was getting the nod to begin uh, just because of the the style we were playing. And, and fair play to Tom Eves, he was in form. Uh, but I think at the weekend as well, we we just started to get a glimpse. I think any player that comes, um, you know, internationally, you've got to give them time to adjust because of the style of league championship is. And um, they obviously seeked him, you know, and chased him pretty hard to to get him, uh, you know, in the first point. So uh, to to kind of have him come to the club for for a short time and then not take that offer, um, it would be really hard to to judge. And you know, knowing City's luck, would would watch him go and fire on all cylinders wherever he goes to, and would just bemoan the you know the loss that it was to see him off. But I think I think they've seen him seen enough, and I think he, from all reports, sounds pretty content. So I think he I think he'll be there. And I think that he's um, that he's definitely a player to look for in the future that has shown a lot of promise. No doubt. And yeah, off to a World Cup um, December uh, December this year with Iran as well. So that's going to be quite cool. I can't remember the last World Cup player that we've had other than, I guess, Irvine, Jelovic a little bit for Croatia at that, that World Cup as well. But yeah, it's, it's a pretty rare um, honour to have. Oh, I guess Grzycki was at the World Cup as well with Poland. Um, Dan, do you think we'll we'll get him in on a permanent? I mean, you've been pretty positive on him in this episode already. Yeah, I think I think so. I think, and even if you'd look at the the, the numbers that are attached, I think it was like two million or something. Um, we paid what one point two million for James Scott, and <laughs> he was useless. So if we're gonna get two, Ali uh, Sad Manesh for two million, I reckon that's a bargain. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I know. I was we we're talking about James Scott just before this episode because you kind of forget that he even exists yeah, and is still on our books. Yeah, I was thinking about but... like yeah, because we've been talking a little bit about you know if it's eight to ten incomings, who are the outgoings, and it's actually not that hard to list off a decent number of players that you go, well, they're probably not going to be here next season. I think we did it off yeah. air, but like Scott, Huddleston, Monker, Cannon, like Walsh. There's like six like without even thinking about it that yeah, probably won't yeah. be around, and so. Um, yeah, I think 
if if the eight to ten signings is the figure that's been touted and that's what we get um, and they're of a higher quality, then all power to Ilajali and Bring all power on. to the Tigers next season. Absolutely. Well, thank you both for joining me for this episode, Dan and Logan. No worries, mate. Anytime. Yeah, good times. Pleasure to be here. No worries. And thanks everyone for listening in as well. We love it when we've got these live questions as well. So keep them coming each and every episode. It's great to have live viewers and live questions for us to to think about and chat about because they're often topics that we haven't actually uh, considered to talk about. So it's great to to have those questions coming in as well. Um, That's true. Yeah. Um, but look, if you've enjoyed the video, uh, hit uh, Alex, the like button. If you have, oh, yeah. I just I wanted to throw one more thing in as well, and I know that it's, it's yep. kind of made the news, but also uh, Grant McCann, Grant McCann tweeting uh, earlier on the weekends after the after the result to you know um, sending his congratulations to City. Oh, good stuff! I missed that. Yeah, I did see that. That was that's awesome. Good. I think that he a, played his part in nice that. Touch, so. Incredibly classy. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure yeah. he'll talk um, about players leaving the club from someone who you know has been. Oh, sorry, yeah, that's that's right. I think he'll be he'll be standing there with uh, with his new Peterborough role, just waiting for those offcuts of of his signings to to come and return to him. Yeah, that that's right, that's right. Um, no, that that's really classy. I did, I hadn't seen that from McCann, so that's good to hear as well. Um, look, yeah, thanks uh, everyone for watching along. If you've enjoyed the episode, uh, don't forget to hit like, subscribe to the channel as well if you haven't already. Um, share the video around as well, um, and then for anyone uh, listening on audio as well, you can always leave a review uh, or anything as well. So. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. We'll be back this time next week to discuss the uh, the Millwall and the Cardiff games. Uh, we'll hopefully we get a couple more points on the board and score a few goals as well. But until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Odds. Music was created by Amber Black. All the cities on fire Where the burning desire Tigers are roaring and destiny's calling Cause now is the time Yeah, the city's on fire We're going higher and higher There's no turning back